What's up, NBA fans? We are in week two of the NBA season. Um, we have gotten things to start to settle down a little bit, but even through the settling down, we have some surprises we want to definitely chat about, and uh, we'll talk about those. We'll also talk about some teams that might be a little, maybe it may not be too early to potentially reach for the panic button. And of course, we have our big deals and forgetful section, as well as what teams are hot right now and what teams are sinking this week. All this on the NBA Second Stringers podcast here. Uh, but first, uh, to start the podcast off, we got to give a shout out to this team because this may be the best shout out they've gotten in probably a decade. And that's the New York Knicks right now. The first team who's the question has to be asked, are you buying into this hot start? But you know, before we jump into that discussion, Sean, here's a little trivia question for you. When was the last time the New York Knicks were over 500 in the month of January? Okay, that's a good question, but I also feel like it's a loaded question because they're never eight games into the season in January. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah it, it, it is, it is. Yeah, within the context of what January normally means yeah. in an NBA season, you're like... What are what are you usually like? like almost twenty yeah, games, quarter, a little bit quarter, twenty games over, yeah, maybe longer into the season. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you though. It's the Knicks. You know, we we gotta take the yeah. positives where we can. Um, great five and three mm-hmm. start so far. Man, uh, it's gotta be one of those Carmelo Anthony years. Uh, I'll go with two thousand and ten. Ooh, close, close. That I'm not even sure. Was Carmelo on that team in 2010? Uh, maybe. I think it might have been 2011. <laughs> maybe. But yeah. you're cl- you're you're, you're kind of close. So 2013 okay. was the last time the New York Knicks were over 500. Uh, that was a team that Amari Stoudemire, Carmelo <laughs> Anthony, Andre Bargnani, to name a couple characters, a young Iman Shumpert. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, and old Kenyon Martin. But that was the last time the Knicks found themselves 500 over in the month of January. And I mean, who best to start the podcast off talking about in current times than the New York Knicks? New York Knicks five and three. Uh, they picked up some wins against the 76ers, the Pacers, the Bucks, and even a come from behind win yesterday against the Utah Jazz. It looked like Rudy Gobert's length was going to be too much for Randall, <laughs> but man, this team found a way to get it done, and I've been really impressed. They've been my surprise league pass of the year team so far, but. Sean, I'm curious to hear your reaction on this New York Knicks 5-3 and three start. Yeah, so I, I guess the question for this section is, are you buying the hot start? Yeah. I'm not buying the hot start. And <laughs> I, I want to say that because it's the Knicks, but I also want to give them credit because we thought they were still going to be one of the worst teams in the league. And you look at the roster up and down, it's exactly the same pretty much. You, you added in Austin Rivers. Obi Toppin hasn't really played at all, so we haven't really gotten to see what he can do, which has allowed Randall to really blossom into this almost first option, kind of a one-two with RJ Barrett there. And they are doing amazingly well under Coach Thibodeau. Um, I think he actually gets a lot of the credit for the turnaround that we've seen from this team, at least at least in the early season. You know, we, We're not even used to seeing this in the early season with this team. I think that the the culture that Thibodeau has established here has really helped um, with this team's confidence more than anything. Um, because this is a franchise that's used to losing and, and can easily fall into a trap. And I still think like if they get on a losing streak, it might really derail their momentum. But as it stands right now, 
Um, they're being held to a pretty high standard of play. And Randall and Barrett, I think, are young enough to be able to handle the absurd amount of minutes that Tom Thibodeau usually plays his starters. I think they're both averaging over like 43 minutes a game right now or something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not that ridiculous, but they are average. They are the one, two leaders in minutes per game <laughs> at almost 39 minutes a game so far within eight games. And if there's two players that could do it, it's a guy like Julius Randle who's in a contract year and you know really took a hit with in terms of like what value he can bring to a franchise with his play last year and then you got a guy like RJ Barrett uh, a guy who was a lottery top 5 pick 2 years ago and i'm sure he's looking at some of his uh his fellow draftees uh whose stock is really rising across the league meanwhile he he's not he wasn't really mentioned at all last year uh, kind of just flew below the radar and i think he's ready to take a jump so these are two guys that I think are hungry to play those games. Uh, and I've been watching a lot of Knicks basketball, and I've been so impressed with Randall. The big, the biggest thing I've seen is, yeah, the team overall just looks better, fluid. The pieces fit a little bit better with Peyton and Mitchell Robinson uh, and Barrett make moving without the ball. Uh, and Randall just has figured out where to put the ball and where to swing it to to find his teammates open. He has figured out that when you take the ball in the post or you drive, you do have the option to pass <laughs> and not just throw a crazy shot or crazy <laughs> spin move and, and cross your fingers that you get you get the whistle blown. I mean, this is a guy who rarely touched three assists a game and now is averaging seven and his usage rate is across, it's just uh, significantly higher than last year. And Tom Thibodeau is really relying on Randall to sort of be that that forward, that point that forward point guard who catches the ball at the top of the key and really figures out where to put his guys in successful spots. So it's hard to to think that the New York Knicks are officially a tier three team, but Sean, I'm locking it in that wow. I, I'm buying into it. And I wouldn't be surprised if the New York Knicks finish ninth, 10th, I think at worst in the Eastern conference. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll in a surprise, maybe they do sneak into eighth, but I don't see that, but I, do think they're going to be significantly better than what we were thinking. That is just, I can't understand what we're saying right now. Like I I just, (laughs) that doesn't make sense to me because they've just been so bad for so long. I don't know if you've seen the movie soul. Have you seen the movie soul yet? I have. You remember that scene where (laughs) where the Tina Fey soul is messing with the Knicks, but now that she's not there messing with them, maybe that's all they needed. <laughs> there it was. They finally got out of it. I thought this was pretty funny. Paul Pierce compared the the team. He said it remind, reminds me of an Allstate commercial, in that the commercial starts off with everything pleasant, and then obviously a disaster happens. <laughs> so disasters in the middle. Of the is that what Paul Pierce is saying? Exactly. <laughs> Essentially, I think you and Paul Pierce are aligned in the opinion that it's going to take a big, you know, just a sing, a losing streak to hit them, or an injury here, and it's going to derail their entire season. And that's totally possible. We see it all the time with teams that start off hot. All it takes is one moment, and all of a sudden they lose four in a row or six of their last ten. And, I mean, we'll see. I think the New York Knicks got their secret weapon in Tom Thibodeau and improved Randall. Alfred Payton is also playing well, and (laughs) quickly this rookie come out of nowhere knocks a couple great shots against against the Cleveland Cavaliers the other day. So uh, I'm a believer in the Knicks. Not quite a playoff 
playoff team, but I'm a believer. Yeah. So I, I get, I'll give you my reasons. Like I, I did praise the Knicks quite a bit after I said I, I don't think that they're for real. And so I think for me, RJ Barrett is just not ready yet. So, I mean, if you look yeah. at his game logs, he is all over the place as far as field goal percent. Yeah. 73% in game one, incredible debut. 13% the next game, then 41, 26, 21. And then those last two games, 53% and 52%. So he's just kind of figuring it out still. And I I do believe that this guy can be a star in this league. And he's shown flashes of that, obviously. I think he can get there, especially if he keeps getting played the amount of minutes that he's been playing on the Knicks. He's getting as much <laughs> playing time as he can to get that experience. I don't think he's ready. I think he's going to be taking a step back from what we've seen so far in the early season just because he's so streaky. And for Randall, I really hope that this is his new normal. But, man, this would be a progression like never before seen for this man. I mean, he was pretty good last year. I'll give him that. But this is like all-star status now for Julius Randall. And maybe, maybe this is the new Randall, but I do see a regression coming for him too. And Alfred Payton is kind of playing out of his mind also. <laughs> I think the stars are just all aligning. I mean, they had that Emmanuel quickly, that rookie. He he came out and scored like 14 points in the fourth quarter for them the other night to help them win the game. Yeah. Like, there's just, it's just everything's aligning for them right now. And it's been a great ride, honestly. Like, it's really cool because, like, we've always talked about how New York Knicks basketball being relevant is good for the league. I just can't buy into this team yet. I'm sorry. Like, I've seen this story before. With less with, yeah. with lesser teams, and I I just I I don't think I can buy in until I see like at least twenty games. All right, we'll 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 keep the tabs on this, but I want to see Randall. I mean, obviously, there's no All Star game this year, which is a bummer. But obviously, yeah, if he can so they're keep just this gonna up, pick, total yeah. total All Star. But they'll still pick him, right? Like he'll they'll still select yeah. All Stars. Yeah, yeah, he'll definitely still get the selection there. Um, but we'll keep tabs on that and see where my boy Randall can take these New York Knicks. But what about the Magic? Mm. Six and two, <laughs> just lost Markel Fultz. I uh, this is surprising to me. This really stood out to mm. me. They are a top six NBA defense right now, third in NBA rebounds as a team, and it's all off the back of Vucevic right now. Just career highs across the board to stop to start the year. Twenty one points per game, fifty two percent shooting. And 47% shooting from three wow. on five attempts. This is just wild. And, of course, you had Markel Fultz also averaging career highs, yeah. 16 points. Uh, not quite impressive shooting, but significantly better at 40%. And he just goes down. Aaron Gordon you know, is just doing Aaron Gordon. Terrence Ross is playing really, really well. well for mm-hmm. this team. But outside of those three, this team is just as usual. But yet they're still sitting on a 6-2 and two record right now uh, what do you think sean is all of a sudden are the magic a tier two team in the eastern conference mm, no i mean and especially yeah. especially losing your starting point guard in Fultz. and now you have to wonder is cole anthony ready to to be that starting right. point guard for them I'm, I'm not sure about that i mean he he did not play very well tonight i think he was like two of ten from the field um i don't know but yeah lo- i mean it sucks for Fultz. i mean i'm glad he got his money at least in the off season so, because if this was a contract year for him, like his career might be over at this point, but he's going to have time to recover, get back before his next contract's up. 
I really hope that he can come back the same. I mean, those uh, those ACLs, man, they're they're wreaking havoc around the league, and we were we were afraid of this in the beginning of the season, right? Like, we didn't know what this condensed schedule and and the lack of off season were gonna do to some of these guys, and um, there yeah, there's, there's just been some bad injuries so far that. Maybe if there was a, a longer offseason with more strength and conditioning, you don't see these injuries as much. Um, but back to the Magic, I yeah, I don't think this is for real either. I'm going to be a hater for for every team in this section. I'm just, <laughs> just going to be real with you. I mean, you're going to bring Cole Anthony in. I, I think Vucevic is going gonna, is gonna to stay the course, but you've, you've seen a little bit of a regression from Aaron Gordon. Um, so he's going to have to step it up um, with Markel Fultz now out to a little bit on that offensive firepower. I don't see Terrence Ross continuing the same streak that he's had and i don't really think these pieces for the magic are enough to be a tier two team to compete with the likes of like the boston celtics and 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 the miami heat like they're just not as talented um i i think just having a good schedule in the beginning of the year has helped them out a lot um and we we talked about them last week they were four and oh now they're six and two so they just they really only went two and two this this week which i think is what they're gonna do most weeks so I'm not buying into them as a tier two. They're still firmly tier yeah. three for me. Yeah, I think I think the I think um, we need to figure out who is making the schedule for the Orlando Magic because they seem to get off the gates <laughs> every year for the last three years, and I, they just seem to. It's is it the schedule or what's going on? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is it the non-humidity Florida weather in the winter time? <laughs> Yeah, but I, I totally agree with you, Vucevic. This is we've seen this before from last year. He had a great year, put it together, and this year he seems to be putting it together even better. Forty-seven percent from three, totally not going to be sustainable. Um, but yeah, the pieces overall for this Orlando Magic team are not are weak in terms of perimeter shooting, uh, and I don't think they're going to be a top six NBA defense all year either. If they do keep up, well, that that might be the thing they hang on. But ultimately. I think this is just the team that we thought they were. They're going to eventually regress back to being a team that hovers around 500 and gets the seventh or eighth seed. But you got to uh, be and, stoked you know, about Dwayne Bacon, though. Start starting shooting <laughs> guard for the Magic. What a what a resurgence for this man. I'm not sure if that's the greatest thing. I think right now the Orlando Magic are probably missing DJ Augustine. They probably <laughs> wish they had him back. Still had him on the roster. They could have really used him because relying on Cole Anthony is going to be quite the. Uh, Quite the obstacle here for them to overcome. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, next team, Cavaliers, four and four, sitting on five hundred without uh, their top paid player on suiting up <laughs> in Kevin Love, doing it off the backs of Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Ooh. obviously uh, averaging twenty five points a game, ridiculous fifty four percent from wow. three uh, and fifty five percent from the field overall. Uh, this is a team whose over and under was 22 and a half games, so around 30% win percentage. They're number two in defensive rating right now. And I'm not sure. Again, I feel like so much of these for this team, especially, has to do with just like the easy schedule they start off with just because their divisions are so, so crappy. Yeah. I, yeah. Like I said before, I'm not a fan of this team either. I'm, I'm hating on every single team that we've listed that's gone off to a hot start, and the Cavs are one of them. I mean, on the flip side, the Magic played them just twice, and the Cavaliers didn't break 100 <laughs> points in either game. They actually got embarrassed. I don't think they even broke 90 in the game before this. So the team's young. They have talent. But at the end of the day, it's still the Cleveland Cavaliers. They didn't really gain anything. Isaac Okoro giving you 8 to 10 points a game isn't going to make a difference for you in the standings. 
Um, he's not going to lead to a lot more win shares for this team. I do love what I'm seeing from Colin Sexton, though, really becoming that number one option. Um, and he's really had the chance to grow and develop there. And I, I do think it's cool that Darius Garland's actually been doing pretty well alongside him because that's a relationship that we weren't sure was going to work out, both playing the same position. Lots of question marks around why they drafted Garland. Seems to be working out for them so far, but these are still just a bunch of young guys. And they can get yeah. off to a, a hot start, sure, but I mean, it, I wouldn't even know if I consider it a hot start anymore if they're already 500. Um, so I'm not buying it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same story as like the Knicks. It's been a while since they've seen 500. <laughs> yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I consider that a hot start, totally. I'm just not buying it. I think that we're going to see them continue to drop this next week. They'll probably be in our sinking team section multiple times this year. Um, but, you know, you, you can't hate the start, you know? They, they come out there, yeah, they fight well, guess hard. guess what? <laughs> Guess what, Sean? I am buying the Cleveland no, Cavaliers. No, why? <laughs> no, no way. Yeah, I, I. There's nothing to really. I don't think I need to say. No, you just more wanted my reaction team. out of that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Andre Drummond is doing well. Kevin yeah. Love is injured, but Kevin Love coming back is not going to be worth to. Is not going to carry this team forward. Dante yeah. Exum is injured again. Mm. Um, yeah. It's great to see Colin Sexton, but I think in a couple more years we'll we'll add this team to one of our higher tiers. <laughs> so, moving on from there, we do have a list though mm. of teams that it's week two, but things might not be looking that good, and they might be wanting to reach for the panic button or start looking towards what potential moves to make as we get closer to the trade deadline. And the first team has got to be the Raptors here, one in six. Dead last in offensive rating. We said that last week, and they're still dead last. They're last in field goal percentage right now. Uh, Siakam put together, finally, a good performance today against the Phoenix Suns, 30 points. But, you know, still resulted in a loss. Mm. What is going on with the Raptors? Is it time to reach for the panic button, Sean? Yeah, man, we yeah we, we talked about the Raptors last week, and we have to do it again. I mean... And- I thought by this point they might have turned it around, but yeah, still the same story with this Raptors team. It's, it's pretty scary at this point. And I actually am going to hit the panic button on this team. Yeah. And it's very encouraging to see Siakam come back and, and score, although obviously still in a loss. But I think there's just something external going on with this team. Because obviously it's the same, it's the same team for the most part. Um, you expect to see jumps from guys like Norman Powell, OG Ananobi, Fred Van Fleet, um, which, I mean, this Raptors team is super well coached, and we know that. So I think just not having a home and having to adapt to living in Tampa Bay, I, I think is kind of weighing on this team early on. And I'm not sure if that's a groove they're going to get back out of because not having a home like, even though like obviously the home court games aren't home court because there's no fans they're they're used to that but i think just not even like being able to like be in your own house you know like when you're back like like when the lakers clippers back in la like you can go home you know you can't really do that with the toronto raptors so they are at a huge disadvantage to all these other teams and the only other thing i could think of and I, I think this makes sense too is that like they really miss gasol and ibaka as old as they are now yeah. Aaron Baines, we, I think, had too high of expectations on him 
coming into the season to be that replacement because like, oh, Aaron Baines is great. He's big guy. He's he's an enforcer. He can shoot the three, space the floor. Great. That replaces Marcus All. Uh, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Aaron Baines has actually played a lot worse than I think Chris Boucher off the bench. Um, has actually been yeah. the better player, but neither of them can even really replace that defensive presence that Gasol and Ibaka brought you. And without that anchor down low, I think they're having a hard time filling the gaps. Um, you have Lowry and Van Fleet who are small defensively, um, and Aaron Baines isn't really filling in there, so you, you do lose a lot defensively there. And I, yeah. I think it is time for the Raptors to panic because you got a lot of these East teams that are coming up. Like, I mean, obviously we just talked about three of them that have much better records than them up to this point. Do I think that the Raptors are going to be worse than all those teams? No, but do I think there's a chance that they have to end up being on the worst side of a play-in game by the time playoffs come around? I think so. I think, yeah, yeah that's like a 10 seed for them is a panic. Yeah, it looks like it's trending in that direction, especially because the way this team has set itself up financially, they're not financially set up to be a 10 seed, 9 seed, 8 seed for the next couple of years. (laughs) They stretch out the bag for Siakam, Fred Ramflee, obviously Kyle Lowry too. Um, So I think there needs to be, they need to start thinking about something, maybe making some change, try to bring in a fresh face. I don't think you move anybody big like a Lowry trade or anything like that, but I think maybe you look at Norman Powell and see if there's something you can get for him. Because uh, or maybe Cruz Boucher, you you look and see maybe there's something else you can get for them. Package up some of th- those guys with Aaron Baines. Yeah, I don't know about touching OJ and Anobi. He, I think he might be uh, too, too special potential. to touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I, I don't think it should be out of the realm in terms of thinking of maybe moving one of these assets because when you look at this roster, it seems like nobody's really playing better. Everybody seems to have taken a step back outside of Chris Boucher, who's playing pretty well. You yeah. know, he's he's he, he's had yeah he's playing pretty well for himself, and he had a couple big games here and there again, but they've resulted in losses. So I'm with you. Yeah, I I think I would start to hit that panic yeah. button. Uh, the next set is the Wizards, two and six. Bradley Beal career high today, Ooh, sixty points. Should have had more. And still resulting, <laughs> yeah, and still resulting in a loss. Uh, again, another team kind of like the Raptors we just mentioned on that point. Financially, they're not set up to be a, a ninth, eighth, ten C team. <laughs> Seventy million dollars committed to Westbrook and Bradley Beal until two thousand twenty-three. Just stretched the bag out for days. Bertans as well. Yeah. I, the the problem here is like, who 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 do you actually try to move? You got unless you trade some of your promising young pieces. I think really more than anything, it seems like this team just needs to take an internal look, and Scott Brooks has got to do some work uh, to try to figure it out. Because more than anything, I feel like he his job is in true danger here if the if the Wizards reach for the panic button. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I I'm very close to hitting the panic button with the Wizards. I am going to give them some more time, though, because this roster is very different. Um, Different from the Raptors in that the Raptors basically have the same roster, whereas the Wizards, with Russell Westbrook being added in, Denny and Viha right into the starting lineup. Rui Hachimura hasn't really gotten going yet. I'm really high on him, obviously, still. Uh, it's so close though because you see games like tonight from Ed Viha. He he only played 16 minutes. And he did nothing the entire time. <laughs> That's why he only played 16 minutes. Uh, they're just getting blasted by Philadelphia. They almost came back and won this game because of Bradley Beal's heroics and that 60 points. 
Um, but then he disappeared in the fourth quarter and the, the Sixers ended up winning it still. And I, I think it's just hard to know what the chemistry is going to look like long-term for these two guys. Cause obviously you have them locked in for a while. I want to see still if, if they can make it work because they really have no other choice at this point. And I do think they have the talent to be still a tier three team. I'm very close to hitting the panic button. If, if like two weeks from now, they're like three and 11. Yeah. I'll hit the panic button. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the, the unfortunate thing, well, maybe not the unfortunate thing. Maybe it is the right choice is Scott Brooks will probably be the first to go because when I look at their roster, the individual pieces that have value are kind of nice. Thomas Bryant, uh, Rihishimaru, mm-hmm. Vihi seems nice. Obviously, you got Dave Bertans you just brought in. I don't think you're moving Westbrook. Yeah. I like that's, Troy Brown, too. They need to play Troy Brown yeah. more. They don't play him at all. Yeah, see, some of these individual pieces seem nice to me, like, but they just, like, collectively, they're just not putting it together, and maybe it is just a matter of time. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes mm-hmm. for, for the Wizards. Yeah. But then... Then we got heading out west. Finally, a west team. Hey. <laughs> We've just been covering Eastern Conference team, but the Houston Rockets, two and four. Uh, you know, is it time to hit the panic button? This is an interesting one just because they do have the James Harden thing, you know, hanging over their heads. And they got a completely new roster. And with these names, I mean, the pieces seem nice. Again, Christian Wood, 20 and 10 averaging right now, 55% shooting. John Wall. You know, he doesn't look like all-star John Wall, but he also doesn't look like, you know, massive injuries behind his back, John Wall. 21 mm-hmm. points, five rebounds, six assists through the first three games. Great. Yeah. He had a big night tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got DeMarcus Cousins had a okay night tonight as well. So the pieces seem nice here, but again, the Rockets are just kind of having a little trouble putting it together. Um, I feel like it may not be time to hit the panic button, but maybe depending on James Harden's attitude, I guess. (laughs) I'm firmly not hitting the panic button because you see these stats and this, this is like, I feel like this is the best case scenario for these new guys coming in as far as the numbers they're putting up. Like, yeah, like Christian Wood being a 2010 guy was like his ceiling. And now it's like, maybe that's not even his ceiling. And for John Wall yeah. to average 21, 5, and 6, that's not that far off his career averages, which is mm-hmm. amazing that he's able to come back after all this time through three games, look like the same player almost that he's looked like in the past. This team hasn't even had these two guys plus James Harden play in any all but like two games, I think, so far this year. So we haven't really seen what the full strength of this roster looks like. And then one of, one of those other games, too, DeMarcus Cousins got ejected in like three minutes. So you didn't get to see that. <laughs> but that's going to happen sometimes. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually very excited for this Rockets team. If like Christian Wood, I know he's hurt right now. If that's not serious and he can come back within a couple games, we get him, John Wall, Harden all on the floor together. That I'm excited to see what they can do with that. And Eric Gordon's been playing very well for them off the bench, too. Like he's still he's still got his thing going on. Uh, PJ's Tucker still there defensively. I, I like this team still, honestly, and the stats they're putting up are very encouraging. I'm 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 fine with the Rockets. Yeah, we still have yet to see James Harden, Christian Wood, John Wall, and Cousins play together. Yeah. Um, and add Eric Gordon to that pack as well. So that five man, that best five man lineup, we still have yet to see it in fruition. So 
yeah, I mean, the Rockets, we, we still have yet to really see what this team could, could look. I mean, this team could also look completely different two months from now if that James Harden trade is also yeah. executed. I hope they give so. it a shot, though, because, man, I, I watched a couple of those Rockets games, and those Harden to Wood alley-oops look so yeah. pretty, man. Oh, man, it, it's so smooth. Yeah, I didn't realize how high Christian Wood can get <laughs> up there. Man, that dude can go, like... Almost like it looks like a foot and a half above the rim. He's just so tall and lanky. He's like a jumping spider out there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like I think that's that that should be a staple. Outside of that, they looks like they still just need to figure some some offensive kinks like ball movement and such. But uh, once they get it going, I think this could be a Rockets team that could finish right up there with yeah. where, where they finished last year right in the middle of the playoff pack yeah and yeah we're not we're used to seeing rockets have slow starts too so i'm not panicking mm-hmm. at all I'm, I'm i'm excited honestly yeah let's go to big deal or forgetful things that are happening right now across the league kevin kevin durant forced to sit four games due to close contact with a person with coronavirus the nets right now are four and four exactly at 500 does that, does that move the needle at all for you, Sean? Does this make that a big deal of forgetful? Well, I think it's forgetful because the only game they played without him so far, they just blasted, I think, was it the Hornets for like a 130 points and beat them by almost 40. So yeah. I'm not I'm not worried. I actually think this might honestly play into their benefit because you see all these teams trying to load manage guys like on the sly and now they get to load manage Kevin Durant with a very reasonable excuse. So I think it's actually is a benefit for them. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll make the playoffs, but we get to rest Kevin Durant for a week is great. <laughs> yeah. And you get to figure out some of the pieces you have. I see the nets throwing tarring prints out yeah, there. They made some Carice weird Levert. roster changes after yeah. Kevin Durant got um, forced to sit. That was a weird Bruce Brown in the starting lineup. Yeah. What? <laughs> Yeah, I was like, who in the world is B. Brown? I saw it on the, the roster. She was yeah. like, what? I've never who 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 is that man? But yeah, Steve Nash really experimenting with the lineups out there. Uh, how about Marvin Bagley's dad <laughs> deleting a tweet that's asking for the Kings to trade his son? Big deal of forgetful. This is an interesting one because of Marvin Bagley's struggles since the year started. I mean, he was a guy that I circled on my list as a dude who could potentially you know, be a sleeper, a guy who sleep, who who hangs under the radar, and then all of a sudden reminds us, "Oh yeah, that's Marvin Bagley." That's not come. That's not see. That doesn't look to be coming true right now. Yeah, uh, this is funny. It, it, it's very reminiscent of a Kawhi Leonard's uncle type of moment, where it's like family members yeah. are just stepping in on behalf of the player. Uh, we don't know how Marvin Bagley really feels. I'm sure his dad. I mean. All the, all the pressure of a number two pick and you want your son to succeed so bad you, you intervene on his behalf uh, I'm surprised his dad even knows how to use Twitter my dad doesn't know how to tweet that's like <laughs> honestly pretty impressive <laughs> but Marvin Bagley yeah. just went for like 20 and 10 tonight after De'Aaron Fox got hurt so maybe there's something to it maybe, maybe Marvin Bagley just isn't getting enough uh, opportunities <laughs> <laughs> That was an interesting game. It just seemed like nobody was playing defense and everybody was going to get close to their career high in terms of points that game. Except for Buddy that Heel. Chicago versus Kings. Yeah, except Buddy Heel. Uh, so that this is almost up to Marvin Bagley. If he continues a positive offensive trend, I think this is forgetful. Uh, if he doesn't, then maybe this becomes a bigger deal in, in, out in Sacramento. Well, that's the thing. It's like, who's going to want him to trade for him if he keeps sucking? You know, like... You're asking to trade him for what? Like, what are you going to get for him if he's, like, 
30% from the field. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the other day, I was like, Marvin Bagley, it could very well fall into the path of Jaheel Okafor. Mm. Just kind of scary. Uh, moving around, always just selling the value of promise. Ugh. But then eventually that runs out. But, you know, we'll see. We'll hey, see how that that's happens. That's a name but I forgot. Wow. That's wild. Yeah, <laughs> also number two, big man, number, former number two pick. From Duke. How about Jalen Brown? <laughs> From Duke as well. How about Jalen Brown just freaking crushing Ooh. it right now, doing what I, I've i always known this man was capable. I've been a Jalen Brown stand for a couple of years. And, and people laugh when I said, you know what? Jalen Brown could be just as good, if not better, than Jason Jason Tatum. Yeah. I was laughed at. What do you think? <laughs> is Is he a top 25 player in the league right now? I think so. Right now, at wow. this very moment, why not? Why not say yes to this? I think this guy's good enough. I think him and Jason Tatum and Tatum have a good tandem, mm-hmm. uh, and this is exactly what the Celtics needed. None of these picks or assets <laughs> that they've had have resulted in any, you know, bigger piece coming onto the roster. What they needed was to just develop what they had here, and Jalen Brown is really coming into his own. And I love it. The man can shoot. The man can drive. The man can pass. Just a great basketball player. Oh, yeah. No, I'm totally with you. I might not have bought into Jalen Brown as much as you, but I've always seen the potential there. He just seems like a a jack-of-all-trades type of player, and he's definitely the early front-runner for most improved player because Mm -hmm. I think he was only averaging like 16 points a game last year, and now he's averaging like 26. And granted, it's been eight games, but I mean... The fact that he's just so involved in the offense, and and we'll see what happens when Kemba Walker comes back in a month or so. Who who knows if Kemba will even be his old self? You know, like it's kind of sad to watch Kemba Walker just fade off into non-existence like this. But if it's making Jalen Brown that player that we've known and known that he could be, then it's not a complete loss. Yeah, I think when he comes back, it's going to be a matter of how Kemba Walker fits. With Jalen Brown, not how Jalen Brown fits in yeah. with Kimball mm-hmm. Walker. Yeah, he's surpassed totally him as so. the second option for sure. Oh, yeah, I think give him the ball yeah. or give Tatum the ball. No, that's a big deal. This, this might make the Celtics a Tier 1 team, honestly. Yeah, this is exactly what they, they needed. They weren't, you know, they struck out on a couple potential deals like the Davis deal or any other big player to bring on, uh, but... This is it. This is what they needed is to internal development, really take, taking a step forward. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of in terms of injuries across the league here, we, we got a couple, man. We got Some Markel awful. Fultz, mm-hmm. Spencer Dinwiddie, Killian Hayes, the, Pist- the Pistons r- rookie, uh, and Daniel Gallinari, mm. man, just cannot get himself onto the starting He should have stayed on OKC, floor. man. He should have stayed on OKC. Yeah. Which one here, you know, are we feeling are we feeling the worst about right now? Well, I feel equally bad for both torn ACLs on the list. Markel Fault, Spencer Dinwiddie. I, any torn ACL, especially this early in the season. I mean, at least it gives them a chance to come back at the beginning of next year, whereas if it happened at the end of this year, then we might not get, even get to see them next season, but this sucks, man. I mean, for Markel Fault's having a career year, Spencer Dinwiddie going to finally be on, on a championship contender. And it sucks. Like, you want to be part of that. And for these guys to go out so early, that's just awful. And uh, Killian Hayes, he'll, he'll be out four to six weeks. But, that, I mean, he's a rookie. He's still going to figure stuff out. Danilo <laughs> Gallinari, man, just he, he played, what, 20 minutes in his first game, got hurt, <laughs> returns three games later, gets injured two minutes in. 
and now he's out for like a few weeks so it's just man it's really sad it's like i guess he got his money right at this point in his yeah. career he got he got 20 million a year he's gonna collect that and, and who knows what will happen because i just don't know how he's gonna work out in this hawks team it's just, it's just it's, this is not it's, a good sign yeah this sucks this was the hawks you know eight you know they're their their ace in the back oh, i don't know how ace you in the hole the, ace in the hole <laughs> <laughs> their secret weapon of the offseason to bring onto their roster is adding us the scoring piece and for it to for galnari to just not be able to get onto the floor has got to be a huge hit to the hawks confidence and i mean they're going to be one of our sinking teams here as well as they they do need that extra scoring punch that veteran presence to help keep them level-headed through the game i mean they gave up a pretty big lead to the New York Knicks the other <laughs> night. And they seemed like they were totally in command of that game, and they just could not buy a bucket for the last couple minutes in the fourth quarter there. And Gallinari would have been a huge help. But I think Spencer Dinwiddie, that, that's a, that's got to be hurtful for the Nets yeah. as well. I mean, maybe not so much in the regular season, but in playoff time, you using a guy like that, just having another, another tool in the toolkit to bust out, is always nice oh, yeah. and i think he's he's one of those nice tools it would be great to have to just strategically put out there uh depending on the playoff matchup you get yeah i would have loved to see how the whole lineups with the nets gelled too like is spencer dinwiddie end up even being on the starting five at the end of the season i i could see them having him just come off the bench as the sixth man and putting lavert into the starting lineup and we won't right. just really see any of that experimentation now, which is unfortunate. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. Spencer Dinwiddie, man, that that hurts a lot. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, and especially in playoff time, I'm sure those would have liked to see those how those lineups get changed right. and shuffled around. Um, but before we get to playoffs, obviously we're still in the regular <laughs> season, and we got some teams that are just killing it right now. And I'm sure these names are no surprises. We got the 76ers <laughs> right now. Five game winning streak, seven and zero. Uh, when or five, they're five game. They're on a five game winning streak. Tobias Harris, Seth Curry had himself a night tonight, just totally crushing it from three. Uh, Dwight Howard putting in some solid minutes. Ben Simmons finding his role. Uh, this team looks like what we thought could have been, you know, the the good side of the coin when we saw all the moves that they made. Is that now they actually look like a team that makes sense on paper. And on the court, it's also making sense as we see them play. Tobias Harris is playing back to to Clipper Tobias Harris, mm-hmm. a guy who deserving of the money he got. And maybe you credit that to Doc Rivers, credit that to the roster, probably a combination of both. But I like what I'm seeing from the 76ers right now. Yeah, and this is the team we thought they were last year, right? When we ranked them number one in the East, we thought they were going to be the regular season leader and probably the favorite mm-hmm. to come out of the East for the championship. And this is actually the final form of that team that we're seeing yeah. now. And they're seven and zero when Embiid plays, which I mean, this this is scary, man. Like this team's clicking. Like they they figured it out. I think Doc Rivers was that missing piece. I, I mean, we we we've uh, talked a lot about the Sixers over the last few years, and I think the coaching has always been a point of emphasis, especially when it comes to playoff time, when you're like they just don't know what they're doing when it gets to that point maybe doc rivers will, will falter in the playoffs too i've seen him do it plenty of times with the clippers but he knows how to coach tobias harris we know that and yeah tobias harris and Embiid actually had the highest plus minus of any two-man lineup in the league so far 
Um, small sample size, obviously, but through seven games, these guys playing on the floor together, they've crushed other lineups. And Seth Curry, I mean, he's Doc Rivers is actually uh, the father-in-law of Seth Curry, of Seth Curry, right? Yes, he <laughs> yeah, is. There you go. So That's they got right. the family connection there, um, averaging fifty-four percent from three. And and this, you're really seeing Seth Curry with that Steph Curry swag really come out now when he's in that starting role. He really feels like he can let loose a little bit. And I've always wanted to see, like, is Seth Curry actually able, capable of doing a lot of the stuff that Steph can? I think he is. Honestly, watching him now, I, I'm not saying he's as good as Steph, but I think he's finally not underrated. Yeah, I think he's obviously always been that that threat from three, but we always did see him as a guy you put out there and you sacrifice a lot just for the three-point shooting, but now he seems like a more com- solid, complete player without sacrificing, obviously, the high clip of three-point shooting he can knock down. And this, this I, th- I can't say enough good things about this team, and I'm excited mm-hmm. to see them continue to roll through the regular season uh, and ultimately see who they match up with in the Eastern Conference. And, I mean, I'm. I think they're they're a favorite. So, I mean, you're a fool to not pick them as a favorite <laughs> at this point. Oh yeah, they're they're my favorite for sure. Uh, it's very interesting to see. Like, if what will we be saying the same thing mid season if the Bucks come up on them um, as far as regular season wins go? Um, I still think I'd give it to the Sixers at this point. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Yeah, the roster just, just seems that starting stronger. five is just so good. Like I thought it was good last year. It's way better this year. Oh yeah, this this is this is not this is no joke. Um, I I'm looking forward to when they play the Lakers. Also, oh yeah, when is that? that? Is that, that happening soon? You know, I don't know when yeah. that's happening. I'd have to check, but hopefully it's soon. I want to see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Talking about the Lakers, four game winning streak. The Lakers, you know, lost lost opening night against the Clippers, but they're doing what they're doing. And Montrez, Harold, Schroeder, Davis, LeBron. We all thought LeBron was going to get off to a slow start, but the dude just keeps doing what he does, and he's rolling with the Lakers. And the secret weapon here for the Lakers, though, with all these new additions, is they are no longer a bottom-tier three-point shooting team. Mm. They are top five in three-point wow. shooting. And I think that's going <laughs> to hang around, and that's that's a lot. That's going to help out LeBron and AD so much. And Again, I think it just hits the nail on the head that this team is better than the championship team of last year, which is scary. But <laughs> so scary. Also, what we knew, what we what we kind of figured was going to happen. Hey, maybe we'll get a seven game series of Sixers Lakers. That would be pretty. That would be pretty exciting. I, I would not as a Clipper fan. That would be an okay consolation prize if I got to see that in the finals because I know these teams are just stacked and they would be a great matchup against each other. But yeah, like LeBron James, he just keeps doing it, man. And he's averaging two <laughs> less minutes a game this year. So they're obviously trying to give him less minutes than they've given him in the past. But he's still averaging 24 points a game, which is only a few points less than his average um, over the last few years. But he's averaging a career high in rebounds so far. And he's actually part of the solution with the three-point shot that you just mentioned because he's averaging a best... <laughs> career best in three-point percentage. So he's been working on his shot, and I'm sure he understands that as he continues to age, he's going to have to shoot more rather than drive. And he's incorporating that more into his game. He made that dirty, filthy step-back jumper fadeaway (laughs) against Dylan Brooks in that Memphis game last night. 
And that is yeah. just indicative of the player he is right now. He's he's just doing nuts things to continue to be the best player on this team. I will say one more thing. I have not seen the Lakers crack what would this be? The top top 15 in free throw shooting <laughs> in like 5 years and they are Ooh. the number 11 team. Oh, they could do in it. Free throw shooting percentage. <laughs> they are so close to cracking the top 10. My god, I I'm in disbelief. Yeah. This team is is so is I'm I can't wait. I just want the regular. I just want to see the Lakers <laughs> roll through this regular season already, and let's get to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we got to get through. We got to hey, ride the regular the ride, season man. train. What's the ride? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just enjoy every win. You know, <laughs> there's gonna be a yeah. lot of them. Exactly. But riding the train of the regular season, obviously, there are some teams that just hit the little bump, fall off the rails, or maybe just you know forget to hit the brake sometimes mm. and cause some accidents and here we have our sinking teams we got the Timberwolves five game losing streak since Carl Anthony Towns was hurt Ugh. and Sean I was looking at this roster with you the other day and I was <laughs> trying to figure out who was going to guard Jokic <laughs> this this roster had does has, has their tallest person outside of Towns is 6'9 which is Nas Reed and uh Huncha Hernam Gomez they do not have any guys who can truly sub in for Towns right now there's D'Angelo Russell's doing okay anthony edwards is doing okay but overall this team is struggling right now yeah <laughs> to touch on that that Jokic point it, nobody stopped him he's like 35 no. 15 and 6 i think was his final stat line just absolutely yeah, he was like 10 for 15 from the field or something yeah, maybe no one could stop him and he knew it yeah like i think <laughs> naz reed was the best option, but he got five fouls in ten minutes, and he couldn't. <laughs> he couldn't do anything. And Ed Davis is too small. Vanderbilt's too inexperienced. No one can fill. Really, honestly, there's very few people in the league that can fill in for Carl Anthony Towns, let alone a platoon of guys. Because I mean, this is a team that obviously got off to a good start, two and zero, with Carl Anthony Towns in the lineup. They can't win a single game when he's not there, and. Hey, maybe that's uh, a bid for his MVP candidacy because uh, he obviously means a lot to this team. And it sucks because you know the Wolves are better than a 2-5 and five team right now. But as it is, it's like as long as Towns is out, they might just not win a single game until he comes back. Yeah, and on that point, they are in dead last in terms of defensive rating right now. That makes sense. The Timberwolves are. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, makes yeah, a yeah. lot of sense. Yeah. yeah I feel and bad, man. <laughs> Yeah, well, Timberwolves, puppy, puppy, puppy wolves, wolf. timber pups, timber pups, yes, <laughs> the timber pups. There it is. It's coming back. Yes. Then we got the Sacramento Kings three-game losing streak. Uh, four of the last five they've lost before beating the Chicago Bulls tonight. That game, nobody was playing defense. Everybody was going for career highs. <laughs> uh, but Marvin Bagley's just been awful. Up to this last game right now tonight, finally put up some decent numbers. De'Aaron Fox has been good. Buddy Heal has been super streaky, even losing his starting spot coming off the bench. Uh, Rashawn Holmes has been the bright spot, a bright spot yeah. on the roster. <laughs> but outside of that, the the Kings are riding low right now. Maybe this win against the Bulls will will ignite them and get them off to a decent uh, streak here. Yeah, no, I'm surprised that they were able to do this all without De'Aaron Fox, who who left the game with a hamstring tightness. Something weird, but, I mean, hopefully it's not anything serious, but maybe 
they're able to sustain without him. I mean, they're able to beat the Bulls tonight without him, so that that's something. But I, I, it's probably an outlier. Um, this team, yeah. I mean, they started three and one. They beat the Nuggets twice, so it made you question: Is this team for real? I don't think either of us thought so. But yeah, uh, yeah I think we're now we're really seeing the true Kings come out. Uh, we'll probably continue to see this trend go this direction. And man, Buddy Heel dropped off way sooner than I thought he would. I thought he'd give you a few more years of trying to make that All Star bid, Alan. I think that that deal is all but mine at this point. He is never making yeah. an All Star team. <laughs> no, he lost his starting spot, and yeah, I mean Kobe was so high on him. I was like, okay, he's got to be. <laughs> he's gonna put something together, but oh. eh, it just hasn't come together. I mean, it might be. I mean, Buddy Hill might be one of those guys we see traded closer to the deadline. I don't know who wants that so, contract though? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, you. We'll see. We'll see where this team goes. But yeah, we we are starting to see the Kings unfortunately be who we thought they were, which is a team that's not. You know, tier four, I guess. Yeah, they're they're a thirty and forty <laughs> team. Like that, their record's gonna be like thirty and forty. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then we got the Hawks here, three game losing streak. They started off pretty well, but have piled up some losses against the Knicks, the Cavs, and the Those Hornets. Are bad losses against <laughs> the Hawks. Yeah, the Hawks are doing what they we kind of figured they were going to do, just be a high powered offense. And not be able to stop anybody on the defensive end. And when the shot's not going in, it's going to make it tough for them to win games. That's essentially what happened in the games against the Knicks and the Cavs. The Hawks just struggled to to score the ball in the fourth quarter and it allowed teams to sneak back in there and overtake them. But, you know, if there's something they're going to walk away is that Trey Young is in the top three for scoring title <laughs> and he'll probably stay there. Yeah, he definitely will. He actually had a pretty bad game tonight. And I think this is just what you're going to see from the Hawks unless they can figure out a way to play defense. Because unless they learn how to play defense, you're going to have streaky games like this. It's like watching the Washington Wizards play. They put up like 130-something points against the Sixers tonight, but they gave up 140. And the Hawks are exactly the same way. They they give up one of the highest points per game to their opponents in the league. John Collins is a liability on defense. Trey Young's a liability on defense. You're you're adding in guys like Bogdanovich, Gallinari's not good on defense when he comes back. Unless Onyeka Okonwu is like the best defensive player we've ever seen, like I don't really see any hope for this team because at the end of the day, like you can score as many points as you want, but those aren't the teams that end up competing. Like you have to have both sides of the floor. So. Yeah, I think we're looking at a 500 team at best now. I mean, they did kind of fool us in that first week, though, where we thought like <laughs> Trey Young was going to ascend to the top 10 player in the league, but they they fizzled off quite faster than I thought they would. Yeah, and part of it was also they had no Capella. We were, I was thinking, okay, they'll get Capella back; they'll be better. But this whole losing streak has been with Capella back on the team, uh, so maybe not quite filling in the holes that they have very well. Um, so then the question becomes here, what would Steph Curry score on the Atlanta Hawks <laughs> when the Warriors meet the when the Warriors meet the Hawks in the regular season? So Steph Curry now in terms of best performances of the week, we gotta put Steph Curry here. Sixty two points in the win against the Blazers, eight for sixteen from three, just cooking them up. Man. And it's and this all comes the day after you know, a lot, a lot of stuff was coming out on Twitter and obviously on ESPN about how well 
or whether Steph Curry's legacy is going to be affected by a potential losing season with the Warriors. And dude came out and torched and showed that he's, you know, he's still an all-time great. And I, I agree, Steph Curry <laughs> is an all-time great. Oh yeah, I mean, not you, surprised. You'd be stupid to say otherwise at this point. And I think he did also have a little chip on his shoulder with some whispers that maybe Damian Lillard has surpassed him as the best point guard in the league. I'm sure he might have taken that a little personally too. In in good fun. It seems like they're good friends. I don't think he's like has a rivalry with Damian Lillard, but I definitely think it motivated him to get this this type of game against him. And you knew he was going for it too because in the last minute of that game, he was still chucking up threes even though they're up like 15 points. And he got his 62nd point with like 30 seconds left of the game. It was already over. But he just chucked it up wildly and made it. And it was something special though. It's it's really cool that we're still getting these games from Steph Curry. Yeah, and I wonder if we might even see something again like this. Maybe not 60, but 50. Could we see 50 again? This Warriors team needs the points <laughs> They're to, gonna win, need to it, win yeah. games. <laughs> yeah. So maybe. Next, we got Malcolm Brogdon, 41 minutes, 12 for 18. Dude, 7 for 10, 33 <laughs> points, 3 and 7 with two steals in the loss against the Knicks. This was a big win for New York. Yeah, they, yeah Brogdon's team. performance completely overshadowed by the Knicks beating the Pacers. But Brogdon yeah. has had a string of some very good games recently. And. I think we're starting to see him emerge as the second. I'll say I'll say he's the second option on the team. I think Sabonis has emerged as the first option. Odalipos yeah. has been relegated to the third option on this team, unfortunately. Maybe fortunately for the Pacers if they think Odalipo can get back a little bit of what he had, but Brogdon's just really taken the reins of that guard position. Uh, he, he's been playing great. Yeah, I... I- this the, the I looked at the Pacers as a team that was kind of iffy in terms of like how good they could be, and I took the better side of the coin on that one. I was like, I think I'm gonna believe in the these guys are gonna take a step, and part of that was Malcolm Brogdon's production, and he stepped it up. He's taking he's continued to, you know, improve every year, and the Pacers, fortunately for them, are getting the best Brogdon version mm-hmm. that we've seen, <laughs> and if he carries this through, the Pacers with with you know the productions of bonus is putting up man the paces are going to be right there man in the eastern conference in terms of like covering between you know being the top and being in the middle i mean third or fourth seed i don't I could potentially be in the books for yeah. this team they can't they just gotta stop dropping games like this in the knicks <laughs> yeah that's true though they can't yeah and and on the knicks no let's give this man some love <laughs> oh, we've said his go. name a lot so he's had to make it on this list julius randall 28, 17, and 9 in that win Ooh. against the Hawks. He also played like 42 minutes. Yeah, of course minutes. he did. <laughs> it was a like team, every time, <laughs> Yeah, every time he subbed out, it was like only enough time for two drinks of water, and then he's back on, <laughs> back on the floor. Ridiculous game, but him and RJ Barrett got it done and came back and beat this Atlanta Hawks team. Uh, dude, dude's been amazing, so... Like I was telling you, Sean, when I drafted him, I thought mm. I was getting a double-double machine, but little did I realize <laughs> I might be getting a triple-double oh, machine. Oh, man. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have predicted that. And a lot of people were really low on Randall, thinking Obi Toppin was going to come in and, and take all his minutes. But luckily, unluckily, Toppin's been hurt. and Randall's just had his time to shine, man. And this, this is great. I, I'm so happy that Randall is playing up to his potential right now. Like, above his potential. Yeah. I didn't even know he could get this kind of assist numbers. 
I didn't either. I thought the next pa- the next place in his offensive game was extending his range, and he's done that a little bit, mm-hmm. but he's really taken a step forward in terms of really commanding an offense and setting people up and helping move the ball around. Yeah. So uh, that's impressive. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Any chance the Lakers uh, could get this guy back? <laughs> that would be. Pr- I know da- Davis. They're fellow Kentucky. You know they're they're Kentucky boys. I don't go. know. Maybe <laughs> we'll see. I would love to see all the young Lakers back on the roster with LeBron. Yeah, and get AD. Randall and Russell wow. back on there. You can get Lonzo too, even. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, you know, I think I'd be fine without D'Angelo Russell. No, I know no. Russell is. Come no on, Russell. he's been doing good, man. That's true. Give me Jordan Clarkson back. Oh, why you rather back. have Clarkson? Oh. <laughs> Give me some Larry Nance. Larry hey. Nance would be good, dude. All these Laker guys, yeah. man, they still they make a great team right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Josh Hart off the bench. Yeah, Brandon That's Ingram, a, man. Zub- Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Oh, and Brandon Ingram, Zubak. Oof. Wow. Yeah, man. They shouldn't going, have broke it up. <laughs> shouldn't have gotten LeBron and AD. <laughs> oh man, we're going down the rabbit hole no. now. But yeah, that would be great. On the flip side here to close the podcast off, of course, we got the worst performance of the week. We only got two on the list here. And, of course, there's going to be a Raptor. When you're one and six and you got the high expectations, you got to make this list. It's Pascal Siaka, man, 25 minutes. This is the story of his year so far. Four for 10, 10 points, four rebounds, one assist, three turnover, and fouls out against the Pelicans. This isn't even as bad as these, the 76er game where he also fouled out and just walked <laughs> off the court. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm glad he put it together against the Suns, but this this is, this is was the trend, though, to start the year for Siakam. Yeah. I unfortunately, had to include him on the list. I mean, fouling out in 25 minutes is, is not great. It's, it's no Nas Reed, 10 minutes, five fouls, but it's, it's Pascal Siakam <laughs> we're talking about, so it definitely makes it worse. Yeah, and how about this one, Sean? You introduced this one because yes. I don't know where you found this one. <laughs> I dug through some box scores for this guy. Do you know who Tremont Waters plays for? Oh, my gosh. In a win against the Raptors? In a win against like the it Raptors. It could be any it NBA team. Be any NBA team. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your wildest guess. Oh, I don't know. Well, I've been watching. I feel like the default teams for me have usually been like the 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 Magic or like the Hornets <laughs> or the Knicks. But I've actually been seeing a lot of their box scores lately. So I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with OKC here. Ooh, that's a that's a good guess. But it's actually a, he's a point guard for the Boston Celtics. Oh, what? <laughs> Tremont Waters. Never guessed it. Don't know where he came from. But he he played 24 minutes as starting point guard for this team against the Raptors, shot one of eight. There's five points, two rebounds, five assists, four fouls, four turnovers, and a minus 17 in a win over the Raptors where they were forced to bring back in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown because they almost blew a giant lead in the fourth quarter (laughs) because of this guy. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was going to say, how do you get a negative plus minus when you win the game? It was a massive blowout, too. They won by double digits, and they were winning by, like, 20-something points in this game. And <laughs> the Raptors were closing the gap because of, of this minus 17 right here. Oh, my gosh. Mr. Waters. Maybe we won't see him again, <laughs> but who knows? The Celtics, 
just need bodies right now <laughs> uh, at that point guard position and center spot. Wow. Yep. There you go. Your most <laughs> random player of the week, <laughs> Tremont Waters. I feel like, yeah, I love it when we find these guys. Uh, but anyways, final thoughts to close the podcast off. Let's check in with our top three draft picks. This was supposed to be a weak year uh, in terms of draftees. And, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards is hanging in there. 14 points, two rebounds, two assists off the bench, 40% shooting and 29% from three. James Wiseman, 11 and six uh, with a ridiculous 42% from three. Mr. Wiseman. (laughs) And then we got probably the dude who we all thought he could be the front runner for rookie of the year, but for some reason we were all afraid to kind of commit to it. (laughs) And he fell all the way to three. And he's probably the front runner for rookie of the year, averaging 11, five and five off the bench for the Charlotte Hornets. He's got, he's had some big games sprinkled in there as well as some pretty average games, but you know what you expect out of a rookie, but overall LaMelo ball, I think is showing those flashes of being a potential, uh, you know, starting point guard in this league and maybe even borderline all-star. Yeah, I can definitely see it. I think LaMelo ball has met expectations so far, which are good because they were pretty high. Um, but he's been doing a little bit of everything for Charlotte. He's really active on the court. Um, he, he's grabbing rebounds. He's dishing out assists to to Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham. Uh, his shooting is, is still a little off, but I think that's going to improve over time. LaMelo Ball, I'm really happy with what I'm seeing from him. If I'm the Hornets, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, they, they've been off to a better start than I think a lot of people expected too. So, yeah, and I think Anthony Edwards... Man, I'm still not I'm not sold on him. That 29% from three is is really ugly right now. And I, I yeah. see I watched a few of the Timberwolves games, and he just looks so wild. Like he's super athletic, but he has no idea how to use it. And that that gets you 14 points a game, but I don't know what his ceiling is unless he figures out how to play a little smarter. I think. Yeah, and his opportunity is now with Cat on the back, Cat on the, you know, on the injury block. So yeah. this team needs needs some good quality bodies out there. And James Wiseman stepping into that center role for the for the Warriors got off to a hot start. I mean, he's still there and he's still sprinkling in great performances. So it's just a matter of him to continuing to grow and solidify that spot. But Lamella Ball truly the 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 front runner right now yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Well. Thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in. You know, we'll check in on our draftees. We'll also bring best performance and worst performance of the week for you week in and week out, uh, as well as updates to the NBA season. We're excited to see this NBA season continue to progress. And don't forget to subscribe and continue tuning in. Yes, sir. Have a good week, everybody.